1: the fan fantasy football point spreads prop bets and two guys who proudly call themselves degenerates is that so terrible this is on the money look at those muscles oh this is your lucky day sponsored by bud
2: light brewed for a crisp taste here's Biddle and scotty vegas welcome to the season premiere of on the money 97.1 the fan i am dave biddle i am joined by scott prokop aka scotty vegas we have producer Bodie at the controls. This is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling. Scotty Vegas, how are you doing, my friend?
3: Oh, Dave, I am fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm doing the show on the back porch in my jammies. The The weather's beautiful. <laughs> 11 days till, till the NFL starts. Two fantasy drafts scheduled this week, so it, I can't be better right now.
2: I love it. I had my first league went on Friday. It's the Keeper League, the Auction League. We had that on Friday. I have my first draft league on Tuesday. I have another draft league on Thursday. So uh, it's ramping up. How many money leagues are you going to be in this year?
3: I'm doing four, and, I've got, and I haven't had any drafts yet. I've been studying for the last week or two, but I have two drafts this week and then two drafts the, the week after that. And, of course, you and I are doing one this week, which is going to be great.
2: Oh, we are okay. I wasn't even aware of that, so I'm going to be in four money leagues. It looks like
3: you're uh, I didn't even get the invite for your league, same league as last year Yes, yes, of course, of course, and we're going to get okay. Bodie and all, and all the uh, the fan staff in on it.
2: That makes sense. Okay. I should have asked you about that. I love how on the air here we're breaking news about the, uh, fantasy football league that I didn't know I was in. So now I can tell my wife I'm going from three money leagues to four money leagues. She's going to be thrilled (laughs) about that. Um, if you would like to call the show out there, the number is 614-821-9710. 614-821-9710 if you have any questions about fantasy football or sports gambling. We're going to start the show off talking about just ways you can exceed, ways you can succeed in fantasy football this year. Just the tips and the strategies, the main ones you need to know. Scotty, you lead us off here. What's uh, the main piece of knowledge you would like to pass along?
3: Yeah, first of all, you have to study the rules of the league. You gotta uh, exploit those uh, those rules. Work harder than your opponent. And, I mean, Dave, you and I are doing a league, and I, I had you send me the exact criteria for points. And you know what, you can't just gloss over it because I noticed you threw in there bonus points for for yard, for longer touchdowns, which is great. I love different varieties of these drafts, but you have to know exactly the point structure of your league. You know, obviously you got to know if, if is it a PPR league? You know, that those are the type of things that you have to know first off before you start making your draft and putting your draft sheet together. You know, I'm I'm a commissioner. I like to sneak a little funny point system in every once in a while. If you remember last year, I snuck in an extra point for quarterback scoring uh, uh passing touchdowns. I love to do that. Do that just to make sure the rest of the league is paying attention.
2: Yeah, the big thing that, you know, You know, first of all, if you're in an auction, make sure you're spending your money. Don't be sitting there like, I don't know if it's a good deal, especially when, you know, players, you know, you're down to like really one or two running backs that are left in your own top ten, and you're sitting there like, well, I only had him down as like a $30 player, but he's going for 40. You'd rather overspend on a player like that. Then leave your auction with 20 or 30 bucks left on the table. Spend your money. The worst I've ever felt is leaving an auction. It was a baseball auction. I left like 20 bucks on the table. I had like 300 to spend. Um, and it just is the worst feeling in the world. Spend your money. And I find, you know, the, the, the common theme in auctions used to be, Scotty, like kind of save your money, kind of wait it out. I have found early is the time to strike. Not always. But like, for example, in our auction, Saquon Barkley went for a lot of money. But when you looked at what the other running backs, the elite running backs, went for, turns out he was a good bargain. But he was like the second player up for auction. Um, Strike early, spend your money. Uh, Those are uh, the biggest thing in auctions. And then my biggest tip in fantasy football is very for draft leagues. It's very simple: best player available, almost always. There are exceptions to the rule. Like if you take running backs in your first three with your first three picks, and you're sitting there in the fourth round, and the best player on the board is a running back, you might might not want to take four running backs in your first four picks, but usually take the best player on the board. Things are going to happen. Somebody's going to fall in your lap that you didn't expect w- would be there. You might have thought, I'm going to take two running backs to start the draft off, but all of a sudden Mike Thomas is sitting there, first pick of the second round. you got to jump on that, so... Spend your money in auctions. Take best player available in fantasy football and draft leagues. Scotty, anything else you want to pass along?
3: Yeah, and this year is going to be so different this year than years past, as we know the COVID fantasy football strategies. I mean, look, we don't have any preseason, limited practice this year. So for me... I'm going to let others grab some of those risky rookies, all right? They don't have the time. They don't have the reps from the preseason. So for me, I'm going to wait a little bit on rookies and let other people grab those. And look, there's also going to be an extra emphasis for guys who are going to be on teams with returning head coaches and coordinators. Look, there's, there's several. I think there's five new head coaching changes. There's a lot of new offensive coordinators. To me, it's going to take a little bit of time. So those first three four five weeks you know where these head coaches haven't had the experience with their teams with their coordinators haven't had the experience to me it's i'm going to lean more towards some of those guys early on guys that have been there with their team for a while same quarterbacks that kind of thing just because i think that'll benefit you right out of the gates not only in fantasy football but also in gambling and, and looking at teams that have the experience coming back
2: Yeah, this isn't a foolproof plan, but it's one that I use. It's usually players on new teams, especially elite players that move to a new team. It usually doesn't go as well for them. There are exceptions to every rule, but I used Le'Veon Bell last year. You know that might be an extreme example because he also took off the previous year from football. But I think going into last year, people are like, okay. Le'Veon Bell. We thought of him as the Le'Veon Bell that played for the Steelers. That was, at one point, the best running back in fantasy football. He could carry the rock. He he could catch you 100 balls in a year. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. Then he goes to the Jets. And he's... Probably the same guy for the most part, but just a bad fit for the Jets. Adam Gase never liked that signing. Uh, and maybe he was, maybe Le'Veon was a little rusty, uh, taking a year off, but it just wasn't the same guy. So you're not drafting Le'Veon Bell that was in his prime with the Steelers last year. You're drafting Le'Veon Bell with the new team with the Jets, and it didn't go well. So, You know, I'll look at a guy this year. Now, it's I still love Hopkins. I still love Hopkins for the Cardinals, but he's joining a new team, and I still think he's going to do well. It's not going to be like Le'Veon Bell where he's a bust, but – If it's between Hopkins and maybe Julio Jones, you know, if Mike Thomas is off the board, I'm taking Julio Jones. Normally, I would take DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's the better player compared to Julio Jones, but it might take some time learning the new offense, get some chemistry down with Kyler Murray. Again, to be clear, Hopkins is still a top three, top four wide receiver. I'm just saying, he's not, you know, he would normally be my number two receiver this year. This year, he's probably more like my number four. So not as extreme as Le'Veon Bell, but those players on new teams, they're not the same guy.
3: Yeah and I agree with that strategy Dave. You know if you if you're between two players you want to minimize the risk and and for you DeAndre Hopkins playing on a new team versus taking Julio Jones who's been in the offense forever. Yeah, that's that's kind of a tiebreaker. And for me looking at running backs, you know, the, there's been a little bit of a concern for me with uh, Joe Mixon and these migraines. So, for me, I lo- I, I really like Mixon. I think he he has a great chance to have a good year. But for me, I'm be- if I'm between say Uh, Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon, I'm probably leaning Eckler because of the migraine issue. So if if I'm I'm basically tied between two guys, I want to take the less risky pick, especially in the first round. Now, where are we at on the migraines? Does
2: does he have migraines or does he have quote-unquote Migraines. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's in the last year of his rookie. De- he's in the ra- last year of his rookie deal, and it's not even like even if he was a first round pick, it, you'd still be saying last year of his rookie deal. But he's making first round pick money. He's in the last year of his rookie deal, making second round pick money, which he's you know his contract's like right around what like a little over a million dollars this year. Great money for the average Joe. Uh, not great money for Joe Mixon because he's worth a lot more than that. So I tend to think that this is just, and I frankly, even as a Bengal fan, do not blame him. Um, I think. This This is a negotiating tactic where he knows if he just holds out, he's going to get fined. So he's like, you know what? I'll come up with these uh, quote-unquote migraines. But I'm on the fence with Joe Mixon. Sometimes I think he might be a bust this year. But I'm a big fan of getting guys that are in contract years. Of course, he could sign this contract before the season begins and throw that out the window. But my point is I'm not buying the migraine thing. I think that's just his way of saying, listen, get this contract done or I'm not going to practice.
3: Yeah, no, I understand that, but for me, Eckler and, and Mixon are basically, I, I love both players, so for me, the tiebreaker is the little bit of concern. Now, whether it's real or not, we don't know, and I, and I tend to agree with you. I think this is a, about a new contract, but as a tiebreaker, I'm going lim- to eliminate the stress of having to worry about it, and I'm going to take Eckler
2: had some people ask me about fantasy football this year. Is there like a, you know, is the interest in fantasy football declined? You know, if you're trying to, you know, renew your league and you're trying to get guys back in your league or less guys wanting to play, I am not noticing that at all. Uh, in fact, you know you're you're joining my league this year. We're adding uh, right. to my league. Everybody that was in my league last year is coming back, Um and other leagues I'm in, we add my our keeper league. We even added a team. Poor guy had to like you know basically draft from scratch because the rest of us came back and he basically was able to pick from our scraps the guys that we cut. Uh, that's the the problem of joining a keeper league uh, when it's already about five years in. But Scotty, what about you? Are you noticing a a lack of interest compared to previous years, or no in fantasy football?
3: I'll tell you what, I think it's the complete opposite. I think that yep. I, from what I've seen, there's more people wanting to do fantasy football. Obviously, knowing that college football is, is a, a mess right now, obviously, with the Big Ten and all that stuff. I think there's extra <laughs> emphasis right now on wanting to get involved with fantasy football. And, and maybe it's more people that wanted to do one or two leagues in the past now are doing three or four. But I'm definitely seeing a lot of interest in fantasy football.
2: I'm with you, man. I think if anything, you know, people are just starving for sports and football. And, um, I think the interest has gone up, but I've, I've seen some people on Twitter they say things like they're seeing a lack of interest. I'm like, you guys are hanging out with the wrong people is my response to that. No, all right. Let's get in. Let's have a little fun here. Scotty and I are going to do a first round mock draft. So it's like we're in a 12 team league and we're going to go it's snake format. Although that doesn't matter because we're not going to do the second round. But, Scotty, we're going to do 12 picks. We're going to take turns. You've got the first pick. I'll take the second pick, and we'll go from there. Scotty, you are on the clock. Who is the first pick in the draft?
3: Well, I am very excited I've got the first pick because this one is a lock. I'm going Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the guy posted the second most highest points in fantasy football history last year. It's an offense that's going to rely heavily on him again. I'm going McCaffrey at 1 and I don't think there's any question. Bar- you know, th- you could look at maybe Barkley there but I'm going McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a clear course. Every it seems every year we do this where oh this guy is the clear cut number 1 fantasy guy and somebody else inevitably will finish uh with the uh, most fantasy points. I'm going to jump uh Saquon Barkley. It's really close between Barkley and Zeke with me, but I'm going to take Zeke. I just believe in that offense more. I believe in that offensive line a lot more. Um, you know, I think um you know Zeke. I think he's going to catch the football more this year. He might not have as many rushing yards, but he's still going to. They're definitely going to throw the football to him more. It's very close. I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott with the number two pick. I think I know you're going to take number number three. Who you got? Yeah, Scott?
3: but I do love your I do love your Zeke pick. Look, there's there's players of fantasy football that you tend to draft year after year after year. I've had Zeke in my leagues three years in a row. Uh, you know, I I always buy high on Zeke, but uh, so you taking him, I'll, I will take Barkley at number number at number 3. I think it I think it's 50-50. I think McCaffrey is almost a lock for everybody at 1, but then Barkley and Zeke at 2-3. I I think it's pretty close. So I'll I'll grab Barkley since you've got Zeke.
2: By the way, in the keeper league I was in, Barkley went for ninety two dollars, which seems like a lot. Zeke went for a hundred and four. That was the most. Wow. Those two. Were the, those two were the most. Period. And keep in mind, people are keeping like other good running backs, like um, you know, I kept Dalvin Cook. Kamara was kept. Some other guys were. McCaffrey was kept. So it was like Barkley and Zeke were the two main guys that were out there. Um, it went for a lot of cash. All right, number four pick. I am taking Dalvin Cook. You got number five pick, Scott.
3: Yeah, and I'm going to go with uh, Derrick Henry, actually. And and I know Alvin Kamara is there. Uh, I'm going to go Derrick Henry, what he did in the playoffs last year. I know he's not a huge PPR guy, but I do love, love Derrick Henry.
2: All right. The number six pick, Alvin Kamara, falls right in my lap. I was not expecting that. I will take Alvin Kamara. All right. You are up with the number seven pick.
3: And for me, there's six backs that have to go one through six in the draft, and we've already taken all six. So I am going to go wide receiver, and of course, that's going to be Michael Thomas.
2: You can't guard him. He he is unguardable. I'm also going to go wide receiver. A guy that Is a little bit underrated to me. He's ranked like as the number four wide receiver by most people, so not like vastly underrated, but I love Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to be right behind Mike Thomas as the best receiver in football. I will take Tyreek Hill, number eight, in our mock draft here. All right, the ninth pick of the draft. Who you got, Scott?
3: Yeah, I'm actually going to go with a rookie. I said, you know. That tend to stay away from rookies. He's the one rookie that I would love to target in the first round, and that's because he's the Chiefs running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I, I, to me, the, the amount of uh, opportunities that he's going to get at the goal line is going to be high. I'm taking him with this pick.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good pick, and you know that's right around where he's been selected in most drafts, right where he's projected. What's funny about that is it's just such a great fit for him. I mean, he's a good player, but if he played for like the Jags or something, he'd be probably like a fourth-round pick, but because he's with right. the Chiefs and the main guy, um, yeah, it's a great fit for him. I'm going to also pick a running back, number 10 pick of the draft, Nick Chubb from your Cleveland Browns. Well, maybe not your Cleveland Browns, but there's a lot of Cleveland Brown people out there listening. All right, who
3: you got number 11, Scotty? Yeah, Chubb was a great pick. I'm going to go Austin Eckler. You know, I mentioned him earlier. I was between Eckler and Mixon, and I still like Mixon as a, as a good first-round running back. But to me, Eckler and the ability with the PPR, I know it's not a great offense, new quarterback, but I like Eckler, and I think they're going to use him constantly. So I think his usage is going to be so high that I'm taking him at, a, a, at pick number 11. The 12th and final pick of the first round is
2: Joe Mixon, although I have kind of a bad feeling about it. I might have to be drinking a lot of Bud Lights when I'm watching uh, the Bengals this year, because Joe Mixon, I, I, he could be a bust candidate, but I'm taking him at 12, because when healthy, when motivated, he's fantastic. Speaking of Bud Light, On the Money is sponsored by Bud Light, brewed for a crisp taste, the fan, Ohio sports destination. We really appreciate Bud Light sponsoring the show. All right, how high will some of the Buckeyes be taken in fantasy drafts this year? Also, When will sports gambling finally be legalized in the great state of Ohio? That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: The first and the best. Your home for all things Buckeyes, jackets, and former linebackers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time, and if you love the filet fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Making inappropriate innuendo. The fan. Ohio sports destination.
2: On the Money, ninety-seven point one, the fan. I am Dave Biddle. He is Scotty Vegas. This is a show about fantasy football and sports betting. Let's get to our first caller of the season. Rusty is on the line. Rusty, welcome into On the Money. What's up, boys? How the hell are you? We're we'll be good, Rusty. The How are you? Football this year, but we're doing pretty good. That's good. That's good. We had our uh, draft last night at midnight. We. We're not we're not real competitive, so 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 he the it, just throws it in as an auto draft, and I'm trying to figure out if I should keep Dak Prescott as my quarterback. Yes, he's him. ranked so keep him. I'm not a big Dak guy, but people that I trust, um, there's a, a man named Jake Seely who I think does the best job of ranking uh, fantasy football players each year. I mean, it's a proven track record at this point. He's got Dak Prescott in the top five of quarterbacks. I mean, and and you know and. It's a good offense. I think they're going to have a better offense, you know, a better scheme than what they had under uh, Garrett, which is uh, you know a low bar. But Zeke's going to catch more passes. CD Lamb's going to be excellent as a rookie. Um, they've got other very good receivers like Cooper. I would say keep that. Da- keep Dak Prescott. What do you think, Scotty?
3: A hundred percent. In fact, I love Dak Prescott this year. In fact, I would actually rank him. As high as the third quarterback this year, so I think you got very, very lucky to get Dak Prescott again. It, as Dave mentioned, it's it's the it's all the weapons that he has on that offense and the ability to run the football. Uh, he's the total package. I, I, I wouldn't. It would not shock me if Dak Prescott at the end of the year ends up being the number one fantasy football quarterback. It wouldn't shock me.
2: Wow! I guess I got that? lucky because I got Zeke and. Amari um, Cooper, too. Oh, you're a well, Cowboy there you go. You're all in on I, the I Cowboys. Know, I was going to say, I don't know who like your normal favorite team is. This year it's going to be the Cowboys, it sounds like. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Rusty. We appreciate it. All right. Let's get into a topic that I'm sure, if not everybody listening to this show, wants to know about maybe 99.9%. Scotty. When are we going to have legalized sports gambling in Ohio? We have it. It seems like if every bordering state has it. Maybe Kentucky doesn't. We know Indiana does. We did some of our shows down there at Hollywood Casino in Indiana. When are we going to be able to go to Hollywood Casino here in Columbus and be able to make some legalized sports bets?
3: Well, that's the billion dollar question right now, David. And and honestly, part of the delay in this has been uh, the focus, obviously, which makes sense on the coronavirus. And that's kind of slowed kind of the efforts down a little bit to get this going. But uh, in late May, the Ohio House did pass a, ver- a version of a legalization to authorize, regulate the, uh, the sports betting. So there is a little movement in the House. Now what's got to happen is the House and the Senate have to get to now, the House wants the Ohio Lottery to be the regulator, and the Senate, they're calling for the casino commission. So there's got to be a coming together. And uh, from everything that I've heard is they, they expect that to happen, to negotiate it potentially late this year. Uh, the last that I've heard as far as a date on when we could possibly expect Ohio to Sports gambling is potentially by March Madness time next year. So fingers crossed, but uh, that's that's kind of the timeline. Again, there's been uh, several situations that have pushed this back, uh, but it is still active and on and on the front line right now.
2: Ohio lawmakers get this done. It's silly to have the state's money leave the state to indiana or west virginia or wherever else people are still going to be gambling on sports might as well do it here get this done all right let's move on buckeyes in fantasy football this year scotty let's start with the running back position um uh there's there's a couple good ones for the buckeyes let's start uh how do you think looking deep guys like jk dobbins where he might go we know where ezekiel elliott's gonna go i tend to think jk dobbins is a little underrated this year because even if if Ingram stays healthy, Dobbins is going to get some touches. If all of a sudden if Mark Ingram gets hurt, J.K. Dobbins is a running back one on a very good offense. But just break down the running back position for the Buckeyes in fantasy this year.
3: You put it absolutely correct. You know, J.K. Dobbins is one of those sneaky plays. Now, again, here locally, we all know J.K. Dobbins and what he can bring to the table. He's going average draft position right now. He's getting drafted in the mid-80s, which will put him, you know, potentially seventh or eighth round in your draft. Look, he's going to get touches. He's going to get eight to ten touches a game, even with Mark Ingram in the lineup. Uh, And and as you said, this is an offense similar to the Chiefs, where you're going to expect a lot of goal line carries, a lot of scoring opportunities. So I could see Dobbins sneaking in there. And look, Ingram's a little older. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if J.K. Dobbins by week seven, eight, nine is challenging Mark Ingram for this for the starting job. So I, I like J.K. Dobbins again. If you can get him in, in round seven, round eight, and be your third, fourth running back to stash, that's a great pick. A couple of the other running backs, Kurt or. Um, couple of the other backs that are, are out there Carlos Hyde he's kind of uh, a guy who actually had a good year the last year signed with the Seattle Seahawks during the offseason he's actually going to battle behind Chris Carson this year um, so I, I actually think that very very late Carlos Hyde right now his average draft position is 205 which means he's only going in the deep deep leagues I like him there as well. So, to me, it's Hyde, Dobbins, and then obviously Zeke, who's going in the top three in every fantasy draft. Those are your running backs.
2: Yeah, Hyde's a guy that you know. In our auction league, he no one took him, and I, I imagine he's going to be a free agent in most uh, draft leagues, unless it's a super a deep league, like you said. But he could end up being a very good waiver wire pickup. We shall see. And if you have a deep roster, maybe stashing. El Guapo on there is a good idea. Okay. Let's look at the wide receiver position for Ohio State. We know they have the number one wide receiver in fantasy football and Mike Thomas. Terry McLaurin is a top 20-ish wide receiver, which is well deserved. And it's, it's just awesome because he was pretty much the third best wide receiver as a fifth year senior at Ohio State on Ohio State's team. And then he comes in as like the main receiver for Washington. Uh, what do you expect out of Terry McLaurin and maybe some other wide receivers from Ohio State?
3: Yeah, Terry McLaurin right now, his average draft position is in the low 60s. You're right. You're finding him in wide receiver 15 to 20, somewhere in that range. And look, what he did last year was incredible. And, and that was on such a bad offense with such a bad offensive line, uh, ugly situation in Washington this year. I would expect he's going to see even more targets. So he put up good numbers, 919 yards last year, seven touchdowns, and he did it on just 93 targets, which is unbelievable. I think what you're going to see is I think you're going to see his targets go up, and he's obviously the number one guy we know His relationship with Dwayne Haskins, it's a great situation. I think McLaurin is going to be found in probably the fourth or fifth round in a lot of drafts. Other wide receivers, and let me tell you, this is a guy who I think is a good sleeper pick this year. And he's he's a guy who's not going early. He's going very, very late in drafts, if he's even being drafted at all. And that's Paris Campbell. He's with the Colts. Look, T.Y. Hilton has been missing a little bit of time, has a little bit of a hamstring issue. Paris Campbell could potentially be the sleeper pick for me. New quarterback there, Philip Rivers. I like him. He's he, he's willing to go over the middle. I like Paris Campbell a little bit this year. And it's funny you mentioned you know uh, McLaurin being the third wide receiver. I was watching that Ohio State Northwestern game the other day, and Paris Campbell was just making catch after catch after catch in that game. And I I just feel like he's a sleeper. And then as far as other wide receivers, you got Curtis Samuel. He's a guy the 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 issue with Curtis Samuel for me is he's going to be the fourth guy on the team as far as targets cuz you're going to have McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. That's a really that's a that's a lot of guys to be behind. So for me, I probably wouldn't draft Curtis Samuel. I'd lean more towards looking for Paris Campbell late.
2: Next up, we will look at the fantasy and betting preview for the Cleveland Browns. That is up next on the money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: Sports conversation and sometimes pure stupidity. It's awesome, funny, random. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination.
2: On the money, ninety-seven point one. The fan. I am Dave Fiddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. If would you. If you would like to call the show with a question about fantasy football or sports betting, the number is 614-821-9710. Again, that's 614-821-9710. All right, Scotty, let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns from a fantasy and betting standpoint. First of all, in fantasy, who are you targeting from the Browns? Who who are you staying away from when it comes to the Browns, Scotty?
3: Well, as far as who I'm targeting, look, Nick Chubb to me is going to be Uh, a monster this year. And I know that there's a lot of people that are questioning, well, will Kareem Hunt steal some of his points, some of his goal line carries... I'm not worried about that. Look, I think Nick Chubb, with this offense, Kevin Stefanski runs a lot of two-back sets. He did it with the Vikings last year, so I think there's going to be plenty of carries to go around for both Chubb and Hunt. Now, I will say, if I'm grabbing Nick Chubb in the first round, you know, maybe pick number 8, 10, somewhere in that area, then I'm probably looking to grab Kareem Hunt as a handcuff a little bit later on. But to me, I really like Nick Chubb. Guys who i'm avoiding honestly i was so frustrated last year because i had odell beckham on my team and every single week he disappointed (laughs) for me now i don't expect that to happen again this year i think they'll be a little bit better but look i think kevin stefanski's offense is going to lead more to the running game this year so to me i'm actually staying away from odell and landry i could see uh, investing in Austin Hooper. You know, this is a guy who's coming off career highs in receptions, targets, yards, and touchdowns. I think it was a great sign by the Browns. He's only 25 years old. I think him as a tight end is a good target. I'm staying away, however, from Baker and the wide receivers. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I
2: I was a believer in Baker last year, and I do think Baker is going to bounce back, but to your point, I think Stefanski is going to rely on the run more, which isn't going to help Baker uh, as a fantasy player. I think it's going to help him as a quarterback overall. Their offensive line is better, which is huge, and they just don't have Freddie Kitchens calling the offense, which is great, and being a head coach, which Freddie Kitchens, you can make the argument, was a you know decent offensive coordinator when he took over for the second half of that uh, 2018 season, but so far, in over his head as a head coach, I think Stefanski is going to do a good job. Now, Stefanski is a rookie head coach himself, but I think he's ready for it so yeah I'm, I'm not uh drafting baker mayfield i'm not buying him in auctions if if i have um and usually if 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 I'm in a league that only starts one quarterback and I get a quarterback I really like, I usually only have one quarterback on my roster until I need to get a second one for a bye week. And I just stock up another position. So I'm staying away from Baker Mayfield. I love Nick Chubb, but to your point, um, you got to get Kareem Hunt if you can, if you have Nick Chubb. Because Kareem Hunt's still a really good player, and he's going to steal some carries and some touches from Chubb. But, again, they're going to run the ball a lot, so I like Nick Chubb a lot. I'm on the fence with... OBJ, I feel like he's like a bounce back candidate, but again, there it's going to be more of a, a, a run heavy offense. But I do think he's a little underrated this year, and I don't think Jarvis Landry is going to do what he did last year. So I definitely prefer OBJ over Landry, and I think OBJ just based on where he's ranked by a lot of the analysts. Now you never know; you could be in a draft and somebody could overdraft him. But don't be afraid if he slips to you and you need a wide receiver. OBJ could be, I think, um, I think he's going to have a better year this year than last year. I'll put it that way. All right, uh, one more thing about the browns here they are underdogs by eight and a half points in their season opener at the ravens no surprise there then they turn around four days later they host the bengals thursday night week two game the browns are favored by seven and a half points so eight and a half point dogs first week four days later seven and a half point favorites over the bengals what do you make of that scott
3: yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. So basically what you're telling me is if the Ravens and Bengals were playing, uh, you're probably looking about what, 15, 16 point spread right there? I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. And looking at the, at the Browns as far as winning the division, they're, uh, actually, they're plus 540 on the lines that I'm looking at to win the division. Obviously, the Ravens are the heavy favorite in the division, and then Steelers are, uh, plus 400, so 4 to 1, and then Browns, and then Bengals are, are 20 to 1, which that's throwing away money. But, uh, as far as that week 1 spread, Dave, you know, it's funny, as a better, I think I'm gonna look this, this year to taking points in week 1. Because look, I mean, So many situations in week one, we don't have any preseason. We don't have nearly the reps. So to me, I think that's going to even out some of these teams. The only thing that I would be looking at, though, is the Browns have the new uh, head coach. So that makes me a little bit nervous. You know, The the time spent there together hasn't been the same. But they do still have Baker and pretty much the same offense and and weapons. So to me, that's a lot of points for week one.
2: Let's switch gears and talk about win total over-unders for AFC teams. We'll get to NFC teams later in the show, but we're going to focus on AFC teams and their over-unders for win totals. I love these. Whether it's NFL, I like it in Major League Baseball, Though I was foolish enough to think the Reds were going to actually be good this year. Uh, But I love the season win total over-unders. All right, let's start at the top. Scotty and I are going to say which way we would bet. Uh, The Chiefs and Ravens are tied for the most. 11.5 is the over-under. Let's start with the Chiefs. I will take... The over. I think they're going to go twelve and four or better. I know that you know eleven and five to me would be a bad year for the Chiefs. Um, although you know they won the Super Bowl, maybe they're going to have the you know, mindset of let's just cruise and get in the playoffs and we'll be fine. I'm taking the over for the Chiefs at 11 eleven and a half. What do you got, Scott?
3: I'm with you on that. I, I I think over as well. I mean, to me, that's such a great offense, such a loaded team. I wouldn't be shocked if if they get to fourteen wins this year. So I'm going over.
2: Ravens, 11.5. I'm going to go over for them as well. I think they're going to be right around 12-4. and four. I don't feel quite as good about them as I do the Chiefs. But, again, I mean, they're clearly the two best teams in the AFC, in my opinion, two of the best in football. I'm going to take the over with the Ravens. What do you think?
3: I, I agree with you. I, I'm going over as well.
2: Tied for third in the AFC, the Patriots and the Steelers, nine and a half. So pretty big jump there from the top two teams, Chiefs and Ravens, eleven and a half. Patriots and Steelers are the next best at nine and a half. Let's start with the Patriots. I will go over nine and a half. I think he's going to find a way to go ten and six. He went, what, eleven and five with Matt Castle that one year? Uh, they didn't even make the playoffs that year when Matt Castle had to play instead of Tom Brady after Brady got hurt in the opener, but a lot of Patriots have you know, opted out because of COVID. Um, so I'm going to take over on the Patriots at 9.5. What do you got?
3: I'm actually going to go under on the Patriots. Look, for, for me, so many changes. Uh, and also, this is a team that had an easy schedule last year. They face a tougher schedule this year. I think the AFC East is a little bit better this year than it was last year, so I'm going to go under on that one.
2: Steelers, 9.5. I will go under that, although I do think they're going to be a solid team. But I have them pegged more at 9-7. and seven. It's going to be really close. What do you got for the Steelers? Over or under 9.5 wins?
3: I'm going to go with the Steelers going over because I actually am a big Steeler guy this year. I, I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to be right in that tier, Right, maybe maybe slightly below the tier with the Chiefs and the Ravens. But I think I think they're going to get 10-11 wins this year. Over
2: tied for fifth in the afc for win totals the bills and the colts at nine let's start with the bills i have the bills going over nine i think nine and seven is a very good possibility then you would push i have over nine for the bills what do you got
3: Uh, i'm under on the bills i think josh allen kind of takes a little step back this year i'm going to say under for the bills Colts at 9,
2: hmm, that's a tough one. I will go with Phillip Rivers there. Hmm. I'll go over for the Colts, but it's really close. What do you got, Colts over or under 9?
3: Boy, 9 is nine's a good number. They've got an easy schedule. Uh, with Philip Rivers, I like it. You know, boy, right at 9 is, is where I'm at. So I'm going to say, uh, can I say push? <laughs> yeah, you can. Of course uh, you can. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that would be a no-bet push for me. There you go.
2: Okay, can't push this next one. Titans, number seven in the AFC, eight and a half wins. I will. I just think they're going to regress this year. I think Tannehill was like we we know who Tannehill was. He just kind of caught fire at the end of the year and still wasn't that good. In the playoffs, they just tried to run the ball. I'm going to go barely under. I think they're going to be a, a about an eight and eight football team this year. I'll go under eight and a half for the Titans. What do you got,
3: Scott? I'm with you. I think there will be a little regression. Look, they were nine and seven last year. I think uh, you know getting nine again would be a surprise to me. I'm going under.
2: And then tied for eighth in the AFC, the Browns and the Broncos. Eight wins. Browns I have going, oh, man, talk about push. I think they're going to be eight and eight. I'll I'll say the Browns will, oh, man, I'll say they'll be a nine and seven team. I'll be nice to my Browns fans. I'll go over for the Browns. What do you got for the Browns at eight?
3: Well, the fact that I've got Baltimore and Pittsburgh both going over in that same division, I I have a (laughs) hard time getting the Browns up there, so I'm going to go on here. Yeah, the math
2: wouldn't work out there, I don't think. Um, no. Yeah. And then the Broncos at 8. Uh, you know, I, I like them You know, a lot more than last year, obviously. I like Drew Locke a lot, but I, I still think eight's too much. I'm going to go under 8 for the Broncos. What do you got?
3: Yeah, this is an offense that's completely rebuilt. I, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. I'm going to say they're going to make the playoffs, and I'm going to have them in at over.
2: All right, let's go rapid fire here. Chargers at 7.5. I'll go under Chargers at seven and a half after losing Rivers. What do you got?
3: Agree. I'm going under. Texans seven and a half. I'll go over. What do you, you know got? They always seem to find a way, don't they? I mean, <laughs> the the troubled off season, but they always seem to find a way in that division. I'm going to go under, or I'm going to go over as well.
2: Raiders seven and a half. I'll go under, but I do think they're going to be solid. But I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Just fall short of winning eight games. What do you think, Raiders? Over or under? Seven and a half.
3: Yep, I agree. Under. Under seven and a half. Just a few more to get here. Jets, seven. I will go under. Seven wins for the Jets. What do you got? See, I think uh, Sam Darnold, this is the year that he takes a big step up. Uh, I like him. The loss of Adams to me is tough. That hurts them defensively. But I'm going to go with over for the Jets.
2: Dolphins. Six. I'm going under for the Dolphins at six. What do you
3: got? Yeah, they were kind of the surprise story last year. They were horrendous for the first half of the year. We thought they were tanking for Tua. Uh, Ended up playing really well late last year. I'm going to say they're going to go over. Fifteenth is the
2: Bengals, second to worst team in the AFC according to the odds. Five and a half wins. I think the Bengals are going to make strides in the right direction. I think Joe Burrow is going to prove he's the quarterback of the future, and they're going to be happy with the pick. Fans are going to like it, but I still see them as a four and twelve or five and eleven football team this year. I'll be surprised if they get to six and ten. So at five and a half, give me the under for my Bengals. What do you got, Scott?
3: The offensive weapons are there: Joe Burrow, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. That's there. Uh, Bad defense. I think that keeps them under five and a half.
2: Last one, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Minstash. Gardner Minshew, four and a half. I'm going to go under. I think they're going to be like four and ten, you know, three and thirteen. I'll go under four and a half for the Jaguars. What do you got?
3: Yeah, I think they're going to be contending for the number one pick in the draft. Uh, tank for Trevor is what we're going to be saying about Jacksonville this year. They're going under.
2: Or tank for Justin. All right, next up, we will look at COVID strategies. Yes, that's a real thing for fantasy and betting this year. That is up next on the Money ninety seven point one. The Fan.
1: The off season is a myth. Serving you twenty four hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destiny. <laughs>
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie at the controls. All right, Scotty, let's get into COVID strategies for betting and fantasy football. You know it's 2020 when we're talking about this. Scotty, my friend, you have the floor.
3: Yeah, for me, big thing rookies this year again they don't have the experience as far as the preseason the camp started late to me rookies let other people take the rookies second thing also a new head coaches and different and, and, and different offensive coordinators. They're going to factor in especially early in the season. Now, there's a few teams that have new head coaches and offensive coordinators. That's the Browns with Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt. The Redskins, Ron Rivera, is new there with Scott Turner. And then the Panthers, Matt Rule and Joe Brady. To me, those are big factors early in the season. Those first four weeks where you have a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator. Some of these teams have new quarterbacks. That's going to be... Tough, and then obviously, more important this year than ever is going to be to make sure that you have a handcuff for your top players. You know, if you're going to go and you're going to draft uh, a top line running back, make sure you get his backup later on in the draft. That's going to be huge because there will likely be weeks where some of your top players are going to be out. You have to have the handcuff to be able to to put in there, and that's another strategy is. is denying your opponents their handcuffs. You know, taking a chance on some guys in rounds 10, 11, 12 that are backup running backs just because you think that there's a potential that some of these starting running backs will go out.
2: Scott, you know a lot of NFL fans for years have been saying, why do we have preseason football? It's the dumbest thing in the world. They should just cancel the preseason. Well, guess what, football fans? You're getting your wish this year. No preseason games. How do you think this will affect fantasy, especially early in the season, if at all?
3: I think it'll have a big effect. I, I really do. I think more so for the young players. Look, the veterans, they don't need these preseason games, but I think it's the rookies, the second-year players, those are the guys that uh, that might be affected a little bit more. That's why, honestly, I am staying away from most rookies. We'll get into some of the top rookies. There's still really good rookie running backs out there that I would target, but I would be less inclined. You know, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, those are some of the top rookie-wide receivers that are getting drafted. I would be a little little bit more hesitant on that because look they you know CD Lamb hasn't had the amount of time to work with Dak Prescott that he normally would so to me those guys would fall a little bit look running back that's a position that the only difference going from from college to pro as far as you know running backs go for the the biggest change is going to be like the pass protection and things like that and they struggle rookie running back struggle with that anyway so i wouldn't be surprised obviously the speed of the game as well but to me Rookie running backs, I could still target. It's the quarterbacks, the wide receivers that I would wait a little bit on.
2: What are some worst-case scenarios for the NFL this year in regard to COVID?
3: Well, obviously, it's the the position rooms. You know, if, if you've got multiple... Uh, players out from the same position group, that's worst case scenario. And I, and I don't know, let's say you know you get a couple quarterbacks out, that's going to have to be a postponed game, right? I mean, you, you cannot uh, just pick up a quarterback off the street. You know, so that, to me, is worst case. And Dave, what I would like to see, as far as the NFL adjusting, is maybe adjusting the schedule a little bit. You know, Maybe having some Saturday games, let's say, if, if anything were to happen to college football, I'd like to see them move a couple of the games to Saturdays uh, add to the intrigue a little bit there on Saturday. What do you think, Dave?
2: I would love that. Now, hopefully we're going to have college football, not just in the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12, because they're definitely going to play. We'll see if they are able to finish. But hopefully the Big Ten gets its act together and is able to reverse course. I didn't think that was a possibility, but you know, I covered the protest yesterday, and there seems to be a little bit of momentum Building toward that, but let's just say, you know, worst case scenario, we don't have Ohio State football this year. Yes, I would love to see that. We see it toward the end of the year when there's no college football. They have the games on Saturday. If there is a limited college football schedule with no Big Ten, no Pac-12, I would love to see some Saturday games. I, I don't need any Friday games. We have Ohio High School football, which is amazing in itself that we're going to have Ohio. We do have Ohio High School football, and we might not have Ohio State football this fall. Probably won't have Ohio State football this fall. It is just mind-boggling. But that's where we're at. Alright. Next up, we will do a deep dive on running backs in fantasy football this year. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. Two-man,
1: no Oh my God! Common Man and T Bone.
2: Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6.
1: The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination.
2: On the Money, 97.1 The Fan, I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scott Prokop. We like to call him Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie at the controls. If you would like to call the show with a question about fantasy football or sports betting, the number is 614. 614- 821-9710. But now, it is time for the Daily Grind. Hit it, Bodie.
1: It's time for On the Money's Daily Grind.
0: Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services.
2: Now, in future shows, when we actually have NFL games, we will give you, you know, the best bets to make for daily fantasy football. But well, we're going to look ahead right now, and we're going to give you our picks on who's going to lead Fantasy football and points at each position. We will start at the quarterback position. I've got Pat Mahomes. You probably got Lamar Jackson, or maybe you got Mahomes as well. Who you got, Scotty?
3: No, I've got Lamar Jackson, and and the difference to me is the rushing yards. You know, the the rushing touchdowns and the rushing yards. That's why I would go Lamar just barely over Patrick Mahomes. Which, by the way, we talked in the, in the first hour about uh, Dak Prescott. I wouldn't be shocked if he's right in that uh, discussion too as top quarterback uh, fantasy points wise this year.
2: Number 1 running back in fantasy points this year. I think we're going to agree on this one. Who you
3: got? Yeah, I think it's it's Christian McCaffrey's the guy that you have to take. The one thing that I did notice though is in previous years, you know, the only there were three running backs who were number one overall picked that repeated as a top five back the next year, and none of them ended up being the top of the position the next year. So while we think that Christian McCaffrey is the lock, the number one pick, it's he's definitely not a lock to be one of the top, top performers the next year just because he was last year. And I, I would usually be,
2: you know... Um, a little cautious because of the new coaching staff, but I love their new coaching staff in Carolina. It's going to take them a while to get things going with defense and rebuilding the roster. But I mean, you look at what Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator there in, in Carolina, did with Joe Burrow in his one year at LSU. LSU went from this prehistoric offense to like one of the best offenses you're you're going to see, and it, it took him like two months to install that. You know, it wasn't like it took like oh year two it finally came together. It's like that was his first year at LSU. They took off. So I think uh, you know if you're concerned about the new coaching staff, which a lot of times I would be, I, I don't think that's the case in Carolina line at least offensively i think they're going to do a good job so yeah i got mccaffrey as well wide receiver mike thomas is my pick who's yours
3: yep yep mike thomas i mean i think he could catch 120 balls this year so i think he's the clear uh, number one wide receiver and i don't even think it's close i, I like Devonte adams julio jones but to me uh, it, it's clear it's a big step between michael thomas and the, uh, and the second wide receivers
2: I like Tyreek Hill as the number two wide receiver. I know I'm on an island there. Um, I know everybody has him like ranked like fourth, maybe even fifth. I, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be the number two receiver in fantasy this year behind. Can't guard Mike. All right. Tight end. Who you got as the number one tight end in fantasy football this year?
3: Well, I'm going to surprise a little bit. I know most people will take probably either Kelsey or Kittle. I think this guy is going to be dangerous this year again, and that's Mark Andrews with the Baltimore Ravens. I think he is a good sneaky play. I think I would let everybody draft Kelsey and Kittle, and then I would sneak in there and take Mark Andrews right after those guys went.
2: Yes, I hope you're right, because I got uh, Mark Andrews in my Keeper League auction. Uh, I love it. I'm going to pick Kelsey, but I hope you're right. All right, let's get to a caller. Parker is on the line. Parker, welcome in to On the Money on 97.1 The Fan. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, I'm uh, I'm getting ready to do a fantasy draft. Uh, It's a Keeper League, uh, one-point PPR, and I'm just curious about my uh, keeper, if I should keep uh, Lamar Jackson or Saquon Barkley. I'm a Browns fan, so I'd hate myself for keeping Lamar Jackson, but I'm kind of torn there. Man, who's your other running backs? Uh, we uh, we haven't drafted yet. I, I don't have any other running backs that are close oh, to uh, take ones. Uh, you just can pick. You just can take can pick one. Hmm. My my gosh, that's yeah, close. Yeah, are talking one of about. Those two. Oh man, I'd go with the running back. What do you think? What do you think, Scotty? When it's that close, I have to go with the running back. What do you think, Scott?
3: I agree a hundred percent. You gotta keep Barkley. The reason why is the depth at the position at quarterback. And and I know Lamar Jackson, the numbers that he's gonna put up and, and it's hard to turn that down, but but Barkley being the second or third running back, I, I think you gotta take him based on the depth of the position. Especially if he goal.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's super close. You're talking about, you know, one of the top two quarterbacks and one of the top two running backs in fantasy. You really can't go wrong, but when it's that close, I go with the running back. So thank you for the call. And by the way, On the Money is sponsored by Bud Light, brewed for a crisp taste. Ohio's sports destination is, of course, 97.1 The Fan. We really appreciate Bud Light sponsoring On The Money. All right, let's get to some running backs. We promised we would do this. Let's break down the running backs in fantasy this year and who to target. I mean, it's pretty easy at the top. I don't think we need to get into you got the tar- You need to target Christian McCaffrey. Everybody knows that. But let's get in some guys that might be sleepers this year. One that I'll throw out there, a guy that's ranked right around 30th, according to my guy at The Athletic. Not 30th overall, but the 30th running back is Devin Singletary from the Bills. And I know Moss is getting a lot of run and everything. I like Singletary a lot. I think 30th. I think that he's just way underrated. I'm not saying he's going to be like top 15. I like him right around 20th, maybe 25, 25th at the worst. And he's ranked 30th. I think Singletary is a nice sleeper this year. What do you yeah, think, Scott? I, what do you think about that? And who, who do you got as some sleepers?
3: I like that pick a lot. Um, you know, this guy isn't a sleeper because he's, he's considered a top, 15 running back uh, maybe even a top 10 running back but Kenyon Drake to me is a guy that I think a lot of people forgot about for a while and then he arrived in Arizona late last year and then tore it up towards the end of the season one of the things that I like to look at when I'm drafting for the next year is how players performed from about week 10 On to the end of the season, and Kenyon Drake was a beast, one of the best running backs in football when he got to Arizona, and that's an offense. You know the a faster pace offense and an offense that's going to be really good this year. Kyler Murray, you know Hopkins, and I like Drake as the running back. So I think Drake, who's kind of drafted probably around running back ten to fifteen, somewhere in that area. I like Drake a lot. I think he's. I think there's good value, and, and it wouldn't shock me if he ends up being a top six running back. As far as kind of a deeper sleeper, uh, one guy I like and we know him pretty well, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be a he's in, going to end up being the top back for the Colts. I think he might be worth taking a gamble, kind of in the middle of the draft. Uh, we know how good of a runner he is, and that's a that's a dome team. I like Jonathan Taylor, the Colts uh, this year, and and I think you'll be able to find him in round ten, eleven. So I, I like him as well. Yeah, and one guy
2: that I think is a very deep sleeper is Anthony McFarland from the Steelers. Yes, ranked as yes. the number fifty-eight running back um, according to the list that I'm looking at. Fifty-eighth running back. And I'm thinking, man. Now obviously, it would take an injury to Connor, but all of a sudden, Anthony McFarland. We we know firsthand watching Ohio State football. This guy's explosive from Maryland, and it's not like they use. I always say follow the draft. You know, if they use like a second-round pick on somebody, like you know, they're they're going to use that guy. He was a fourth-round pick. So they didn't invest that much in him, but it wasn't like he was a seventh round pick. I think he could be a sleeper for the Steelers. Anthony McFarland. Um, as far as busts, I hate to say this because I, I took him in my keeper league because he was the best running back left and I had to get a, an elite running back. Joe Mixon scares me a little bit this year. It, he just does. You know, if he gets, if he gets the contract, then he's, it's no longer a contract year for him. If he doesn't get the contract, seems like he's pouting a little bit, which again, I don't even blame him. He's still in his rookie deal. Second round pick money. They got to pay him. Joe Mixon scares me a little bit this year. I still think he's, you know, I'm telling you, he he's the real deal. It's not like when he has the football. It's not like it's a Jeremy Hill situation where I can just tell. Jeremy Hill's never going to be a good football player. It's like Mixon is the real deal. But, you know, he, he can be a little bit of a head case. I don't know. What do you think about Mixon this year?
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I like Mixon because I think that that offense... Look, they had a lot of goal line opportunities last year that he didn't capitalize on and a little bit unlucky. Better offense this year. Look, I think he's a top 10 pick, probably probably right around 10-11, I should say. Um, but, you know, the, the contract year, the, the, the migraines, which we talked about at the top uh, last hour, look, uh, there's... Too many question marks for me to take him unless he unless i 'm like pick eleven, pick twelve, so uh, I, I think mixon will be good. But I, I do have those question marks. A couple of guys though, a couple of running backs that I would totally stay away from, Dave. Uh, number one would be Leonard Fournette. I think that's gonna be a really bad football team in Jacksonville. So I would, I, and and I just worry about him and his effort level. So he makes me nervous. He's a guy who I am staying away from. And then the other guy, which is crazy to think about because a year ago, two years ago, you know, he was a top pick. He was a lock. Todd Gurley. I mean, the, the injuries, just make me nervous. I, you know, now we're ranking him in the probably low 20s as far as running backs, maybe, maybe high teens. But to me, Todd Gurley is not worth the risk this year. Uh, and, and he's in Atlanta now.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. Let's look at uh, some rookie running backs. Don't we'll get to uh, rookie wide receivers. I find both of, especially the, the wide receiver classes, is very interesting this year. But let's look at running backs first. Obviously, Clyde edwards E'Laire, we have talked about him. He's going to be a first-round pick. Great fit there with the Chiefs. They used a first-round pick on him. We've talked about him a lot on the show. But let's talk about some of the other guys who maybe aren't getting as much run. Where are you at on, let's start with DeAndre Swift. With the Lions, he's a guy that's being taken relatively high, and in auctions, people are spending a decent amount of money on.
3: Yeah, no, I think he's he's a he's a good running back. Uh, he's going to split a little bit of the work early with Kerryon Johnson. Um, but I, I, you know, I, that Lions team to me is actually a team that I expect to take a little step forward this year. Hopefully, Matthew Stafford can stay healthy. Uh, they've got good wide receivers. You know, uh, Galladay is a guy. By the way, that I will target heavily uh, in the mid-second round, as as far as wide receivers go. But uh, Swift, I, I, I like him. Uh, the thing that makes me a little bit nervous is, you know, the, the Lions do like Carry on Johnson. Both Scarborough's there, so there's th- kind of three backs there. But I think eventually Swift will take over.
2: Seems like every year we're like this is going to be the next Lions running back that's really good, and yes. it just doesn't, it just does not work out. Um, the Barry Sanders curse. Next up, Cam Akers, Los Angeles Rams. Very intriguing prospect here. Where are you at on Cam Akers?
3: Yeah, I mean this, the Florida State. Running back Cam Akers was fantastic. I actually really like him because I think that Rams offense is going to bounce back a little bit this year. You know, these, he's another guy who, if you look at the guys he's going to be competing against, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, he should beat those guys out. He's the better running back. So I think if you can get him round nine, round 10, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he rushes for, you know, seven, eight hundred yards. And I think he's one of those good picks. Uh, kind of mid mid uh, of the ninth, tenth round.
2: Yeah, and right around there as well would be Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. We know a lot about Jonathan Taylor uh, <laughs> from Wisconsin. Uh, the Colts used a second round pick on him. Uh, I think that was a great pick by the Colts. I think Dobbins going the second round was a great pick by the Ravens. It's very annoying as a Bengal fan that the Ravens draft great every year. It seems like even now, Aussie Newsom's gone. They're still drafting great. But focusing on Jonathan Taylor, what do you expect out of him this year in fantasy?
3: Yeah, right after, to me, right after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should be Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there, there will be a big difference. Obviously, Edwards-Hilaire will be a first-round pick. I think Jonathan Taylor, as far as drafts go, you'll probably see him in round seven or eight. But I like him a lot. I mean, Marlon Mack is with the Colts. He's in that backfield. But I could see him uh, getting to be the starting running back there week five, week six. I like Jonathan Taylor. I, I To me – that is a good pick. I like Cam Akers and Jonathan Taylor a lot as far as the the rookie running backs. And then, of course, J.K. Dobbins. We talked about him a little bit uh, last hour. Uh, you know, the, the, the difference for him versus these other running backs is he's got a clear number one running back that he's got to unseat, and that's Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram will come in as the number one, but look... I wouldn't be shocked if late in the season, J.K. Dobbins takes over for Mark Ingram, because we know how good that he can be.
2: Absolutely. And if you're drafting Dobbins and it doesn't work out, you're not...
3: Sacrificing that much. You can get him like
2: in like the 11th round of some drafts. He went pretty cheap in, well, he didn't go that cheap in the auction because it's a bunch of Ohio State fans mostly here in Columbus that were taking part of the auction I was in on Friday. But for the most part, J.K. Dobbins is going to be a good deal for you. And if it doesn't work out, you're not sacrificing much. And it could be just an absolute steal. Him being ranked like 42nd running back, according to the athletic. And that again, Jake Seely knows what he's doing, but you know, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be better than that. Real quick, I want to get your thoughts on the rookie wide receivers. Three in particular, I think all three of these guys could be big factors in fantasy this year. All first-round picks: Jalen Rieger from the Eagles, Henry Ruggs the second for the Raiders, and C.D. Lamb for the Dallas Cowboys. I think all three of those guys are intriguing. Where are you at on those guys?
3: Very intriguing. The one that intrigues me the most is probably CeeDee Lamb because of the quarterback. Uh, D- Dak Prescott, to me, I, I, again, I think he could be one of those top two, three quarterbacks this year. CeeDee Lamb, to me, is going to be a, – a, and he's in a great situation because he's going to have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. So I think he could be a consistent – fantasy guy as the number three wide receiver there. So I like CeeDee Lamb. And another another guy that I like, Dave, is Jerry Judy, uh, the Broncos. I, it just seems to me like this Bronco offense is going to be a lot better than what it's been. Uh, so I like Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb as my top two wide receivers. Who, who, who would you rank as your top two?
2: Oh wow! Rieger's the the number one that I would go with because he's going to have a big role. They really like him in Philadelphia, and I would not have you know before I read those reports, I would have said C.D. Lamb and. You know, probably Judy, but from everything I've read it's like Rieger's going to get a lot of playing time and he's going to step right. I mean all those guys are going to get a lot of playing time, but Rieger's going to be a big time target there. So he'd be my number one and then I'd probably go C.D. Lamb number two over Henry Ruggs the second, um, but I like all those guys. I like Jerry Judy too. I'm glad you brought him up. I was a big fan of his when he was at Alabama. I thought, I, I didn't realize I thought he was a little faster than what he was. He, I think he plays faster than what he clocked. Um, I thought he'd go earlier in the draft. Like If you asked me before the combine who's going to be the number one receiver i would have said jerry judy so very good wide receiver class all right next up we are going to take a look at the betting situation and the fantasy situation for the cincinnati bengals we're also going to take a look at nfc over under win totals for the various teams in the nfc that is up next on the money 97.1 the fan
1: whatever you're doing right now just know that bo bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon even if this promo is playing in the morning no judgment oh sweet morning drinking the fan
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Fiddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Before we get to more fantasy football and gambling talk, I just want to send out well wishes to Haskell Garrett, senior defensive tackle at Ohio State. For those that don't know, he was the victim of a gunshot wound last night. Was shot in the face. Was shot in the cheek. The good news is... He is in stable condition. So thoughts and prayers out to Haskell Garrett, senior defensive tackle at Ohio State, who was shot in the face late last night. Again, in stable condition. So, um, I mean, you know, when you hear somebody shot in the face but they're in stable condition, um, that's good news that he's in stable condition and it's not a lot worse. So thoughts out to Haskell Garrett. All right, let's get into the Cincinnati Bengals fantasy perspective this year. Scotty. Who to target? Who to stay away from? It's mostly who to stay away from, right? Uh, obviously, <laughs> and even the guys you want to target, you got to be really careful with. We've talked a lot about Joe Mixon, but just kind of break down your thoughts on the Bengals from a fantasy perspective this year.
3: Yeah, specifically starting with Joe Mixon, he's getting drafted. His average draft position right now is around ten, so you might see him late first round early second round. Uh, you know, the thing about Joe Mixon last year, he had 16 rushing attempts inside the opponent's four yard line. He only scored on four of those. So a little bit unlucky. I love the number of rushing attempts inside the four. Uh, that's a lot. That's good. The problem is he only scored on four of those. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is Gio Bernard, you know, he's a guy that it's amazing. You know, as far as PPR goes, he's, he's not a bad guy to have in case you know, something happens with Mixon. We talked about, you know, the potential migraines or is it a contract issue? Who knows with Joe Mixon. But if you take Mixon, also grab Gio Bernard for sure. And as far as quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow, look, you got to love the opportunity that Zach Taylor is going to give him this year. You know, the, you look at Andy Dalton. L- last year, Andy Dalton ended up finishing with, set, with the 12th most fantasy points despite missing three games. So a lot of that... Is because the Bengals are behind in games a lot. So they've got to throw the football. They've got to do that. And I think Joe Burrow is going to benefit from that. He, you know, not only that, the Bengals will be behind in games, but Joe Burrow can also run too. He rushed for 800 yards, 12 touchdowns uh, with LSU. So I wouldn't be, I I wouldn't be against taking Joe Burrow uh, late in drafts as a quarterback. And I think there will be certain matchups that you could consider playing him. As far as the wide receivers go, A.J. Green didn't play last year. His average draft position this year, to me, is a little too high. Uh, He's going in 28, which is early third round. And then I would actually lean more towards drafting Tyler Boyd. He's going more in in the mid-third rounds. So to me, there's no guys that I'm, like, extra targeting, Dave, but I wouldn't be against grabbing Joe Burrow or Tyler Boyd. How about you?
2: Tyler Boyd to me is the best value of the Bengals that I've seen. You know, I think you, you laid it out perfectly. Like I'm seeing AJ Green and Tyler Boyd. They're ranked similar, but like usually AJ Green's ranked a little bit ahead of Tyler Boyd. I think it should be the other way around. This is not AJ Green of five years ago. This is AJ Green that has, you know, missed either almost an entire season or at least chunks of games in each of the last three years. And it's, you know, it's all problems with his feet, both feet. And that's a problem when you're a wide receiver who's always been very nimble and great on his feet and Still one of the best wide receivers that I've seen. I feel like because he's playing in Cincinnati, because he was with Andy Dalton, who was okay here and there, A.J. Green, to me, overall for his career is underrated. But uh, this is a different A.J. Green. On the wrong side of 30, You know, at least three surgeries now. And I think Tyler Boyd, though, um, I think he is a good value with where you can get him. I I think you're going to be very – is he going to be a superstar? Who knows? He could be. uh, But I think at least he's going to be a good fantasy receiver, which if you get him like in the seventh round, you're going to be very, very happy with that. Alright, switching gears. Let's look at AFC over under win totals for each team. We looked at the AFC earlier. Let's look at NFC over under win totals. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers. Ten and a half is the over under, Scotty. I will take the over. I think the Niners are going to be 11 and five or better. Give me the over for the 49ers. What do you got?
3: You know what always scares me is those Super Bowl runners-up and, and that hangover. Look, it, it yes. seems to always happen. We saw it with the Rams. We've seen it time and time again. Falcons. Not, Falcons, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and will the 49ers kind of fall right into that? I'm a little worried about it. I think they're going to be a good team, but I would take under ten and a half.
2: Interesting, he next up, tied for second, most win over under in the NFC, the Saints and the Cowboys, I'll start with the Saints, I have the Saints going over 10, Uh, I'll go over 10 on the Saints, what do you got?
3: I agree. I agree. And and it shocked me how their season ended last year. But I like the Saints. I think this is another, they haven't, the window is still slightly open on the Saints to win another Super Bowl. Unfortunately, I think it could be closing fast if, if this is Drew Brees' final season. Um, but I'm going to say over for the Saints for sure.
2: The Cowboys. I'm going to use my one push here because I think they're going to be a 10 and six team. Uh, I don't think they're going to be 11 and five. I'll be surprised if they're nine and seven. I guess if I had to pick over or under, I would go under 10 for the Cowboys. So I think there's a better chance they'll be nine and seven than they will be 11 and five. But I see them as a, as a 10 and six football team this year. So I'm going to take the push for the Cowboys. What do you got? Over under or push? 10 wins for the Cowboys.
3: I'm going over actually, and I, and I think that they get. A couple games credit for the fact that they don't have Jason Garrett as their head coach anymore. (laughs) He was horrendous. They stunk in close games. They were 0-5 in games last year that were decided by seven or fewer points. To me, that's bad luck. That's bad coaching down the stretch. I think they'll be better in these 50-50 games. I'm going over with the Cowboys, and that might be one of my favorite plays of the over-unders. Next up, the Bucks and the Eagles
2: are both at 9.5. I have the Bucks going over 9.5, and, and I have the Eagles under 9.5. What do you got, Scotty?
3: So many weapons with Tampa Bay now with Tom Brady. We haven't even talked about him yet. Uh, the problem is I think that number is a little inflated, so I'm going to go under for Tampa Bay, and, and you said the Eagles. I'm also going under for the Eagles.
2: Okay, Packers, Seahawks, and Vikings all at 9, tied for the 6th most in the nfc i'm gonna go under for the packers i'm gonna go over for the seahawks and over for the vikings all at nine so packers seahawks vikings all at nine what do you got scotty
3: yep i actually agree with all three of what you just said and my favorite team out of those is seattle i think seattle is going to be one of those teams in the nfc i could see them taking the jump this year to actually winning the nfc so give me seattle over We'll do some rapid fire
2: here. All right, tied for ninth for the most wins in the NFC, according to the Vegas projections, the Vegas over-unders. The Rams and the Bears, I have the Rams going over eight, the Bears going under eight. What do you got?
3: I don't really like either team all that much this year. Uh, I'm going to go under for both.
2: All right, 11th, the Falcons and the Cardinals are tied, seven and a half. I have the Falcons going under, the Cardinals going over What do you got? Seven and a half.
3: I'm with you, and I think Arizona is a sneaky team this year. I'm going definitely over with with Arizona. I think that offense is going to be so fun to watch with Kyler and and DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to be a fun team. Much watch TV will be Arizona this year.
2: I agree with you. That's a of all these over unders. I have, that's the one I might jump on the most is Cardinals over seven and a half. If they were decent by the end of the year last year, they didn't even have DeAndre Hopkins yet. They beeped up beeped up their defense a little bit. Cardinals over seven and a half for sure for me. All right, thirteenth Lions and Giants both at six and a half for the over under. I'm going under for the Lions and the Giants at six and a half. What do you got?
3: We're actually going to be doing our division picks later uh, in our best bet segment. But I will tell you, I think Detroit is a sneaky team this year. I'm going to take them as over. Uh, again, they were playing well until Matthew Stafford got hurt last year. I love Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver. I think they're a sneaky team. I'm going over with Detroit. And remind me of the second team you said there. The Giants. Uh, see, to me, the Giants are going to go under. So give me over with the Lions, under with the Giants. All right. 15th, Panthers, five and a half. Give me the under for the Panthers at five and a
2: half. What do you got, Scotty?
3: Definitely under. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL.
2: And the Washington Buckeyes or the Washington (laughs) FT, whatever you want to call them, Washington FT, five. I'll go under, although they're going to be improved. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to show he's the right guy, but I think they're going to be probably four and 12. Um, I'll be surprised if they're six and ten. Five and 11, they could push. I'll go under five for Washington. What do you got?
3: Yeah, I think that division is a little bit better. Uh, I I don't see them getting over five wins. To me, that's more of a push. I think I could see them right at five. Next up, we will tell you every...
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?
2: you need to know about quarterbacks in fantasy this year and we're going to take a look at some very fun nfl player prop bets for the season that is up next on the money 97.1 the fan we are everywhere on your radio online the fan app
1: alexa and behind you in your car right now too creepy sorry the fan ohio sports Destination.
2: On the money, 97.1 The Van. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. We're going to talk some quarterbacks in this segment. we talked a lot about Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You guys know all about those guys. They're really, really good. Let's give you some sleepers. For the quarterbacks this year. And some guys maybe you should stay away from that are being overdrafted. I want to start with the sleeper. I never thought I'd call this guy a sleeper. But this year, it's just amazing how far down the list he is, is Cam Newton. And now it looks like, even though Bill Belichick's not going to make this public i'm sure scotty a lot of people tend to think that cam newton's going to be the guy uh this year over stidham i thought for a while it would be stidham um and i think cam newton is going to be the starting quarterback of the patriots and you can can wait on him you don't want to draft him early but you can get him late in drafts you can get him cheap in auctions cam newton could be a sneaky good pick at quarterback this year what do you think scott
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and you you know that Cam Newton's going to end up being the guy. They're not going to name him the guy. They're, they're going to make the competition happen, but he is going to be the guy. Uh, and a guy who I like who's going really late, in fact, his average draft position is in the 130s, and this is a guy who last year, week one through nine, had the second most touchdowns, was fourth in yards, and then he got hurt. And, it, and I'm talking about Matthew Stafford with the Lions. I like him a lot late. Look, the Lions have a bad defense. The way that the Lions are going to win games this year is they're going to be throwing the ball. they got to play catch-up ball. That bad D is going to force that. Stafford's going to put up great numbers. He's got two really, really good wide receivers in Galladay and Jones. So I like Matthew Stafford, especially if he's getting drafted in round 12, 13, which right now that's where his average draft position is. So I like Stafford there. And then we haven't talked much about him, Dave, but Tom Brady. And here's the reason why. Uh, It's funny to say why do I... I need to come up with reasons why to take Tom Brady. But (laughs) look at his weapons. I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronk, O.J. Howard. I mean, my gosh, the weapons that Tom Brady has is incredible. And he's being drafted uh, right now, seventh, eighth round. I think that's a sneaky good play. You know, the only thing that is fearful for me is kind of that he has those late season regressions you know towards the end of the regular season uh, his numbers have have fallen the last couple years but i like tom brady i think there's good value of if you can get him in round 7
2: yeah brady i think um you know he's ranked as List I'm looking at, and you know, by the athletic, the ninth quarterback, and I really like him. I think he should, he's he's going to be, you know, I think he's going to be a top seven quarterback. I'm not going to say he's going to be top five, but I like Brady this year. One guy who I think is a little underrated is Aaron Rodgers. I think people saw that they took Jordan Love in the first round, and uh, that does that mean Aaron Rodgers is going to be in trouble? No, Jordan Love's having some trouble. He might be the third string quarterback, and I think most people thought Aaron Rodgers would be the starter. Don't get me wrong, but he's being well under drafted. The number thirteen quarterback in fantasy, number fourteen according to the Athletic, is Daniel Jones. So if I'm sitting there and I need a quarterback, wow. uh, I'm, I'm picking between Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones are the top two left. Uh, you know, the highest ranked. I mean, it's easy for me. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. And speaking of Daniel Jones, I think he is overrated at, as the number fourteen quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers, a little underrated. Daniel Jones, overrated in my opinion.
3: Yeah, a couple quarterback notes that I wrote down, Dave. Look, Mahomes last year was the clear number one going into the draft. Everybody took him as quarterback one. Well, guess what? He finished just one and a half points, uh, one and a half more fantasy points ahead of Jameis Winston last year, who Jameis Winston's not even a starting quarterback this year. Now, last year... We know Jameis Winston had a lot of lot of points, a lot of yards late in the year. Ended up quarterback number six. And another thing, last year nine of the top ten quarterbacks had at least two hundred rushing yards. So when you're looking at drafting a quarterback, and this would go a little bit against the the reason you you draft Tom Brady, but you got to look for some of those running quarterbacks, the rushing yards. That's why Lamar Jackson's numbers are so ridiculous, is because he's probably going to run for eight nine hundred yards and. and and multiple touchdowns again. So you know, look for that running quarterback that really helps you to stack up those points. One more
2: quarterback I want to touch on, Roethlisberger, I think is a little underrated. Um, He's the 15th quarterback ranked by the Athletic, and I think Roethlisberger, nice little bounce-back candidate this year. It's not like he was bad last year. He was just hurt, Uh, and he's getting up there in age. I get that. He's had several injuries throughout his career. I get it, but I still think he's going to be better than the 15th. Fantasy quarterback this year. What do you think, Scotty?
3: I agree, and I was actually just looking at, uh, at some pictures and stuff uh, from from the Steelers camp, and he's he's skinnier. It looks like he he's he's a younger man. It looks like to me, looking at mm. him. I like I like the Steelers a lot this year. I said that I thought that they were a dark horse Super Bowl team. Um, so yeah, I think Ben is is a good choice, and he's got targets. So we know that offense moves, and when he's healthy, that that's a good pick. Speaking
2: of Roethlisberger, let's get into some NFL player props. Some fun stuff here. Let's start with Comeback Player of the Year. The odds for Comeback Player of the Year in the NFL. Tied for number one, Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton at plus 300. Makes a lot of sense there. Tied for third, J.J. Watt, Matt Stafford, and Gronk plus 725. So Roethlisberger and Cam Newton, 3-1. to one. Stafford, Watt, and Gronk, basically 7-1. to one. And then number six, good value here, AJ Green ten to one for comeback player of the year. If you had to bet on somebody for uh, comeback player of the year, do you like any of those odds? Do oh, you make I, any of those bets, Scotty? I,
3: I love Ben, even though he's got the the three to one odds, which aren't huge. But I mean, if he comes out and he has a good season, I'd be shocked. You know how he how early he went out last year. I think he would be the story. He to me would be the lock to take there. You know what's funny, Dave? Looking at this list. Miles Garrett is on there at 15 to 1. I don't think there's any chance that the NFL would give him comeback player of the year award no matter how great he was this year. <laughs>
2: oh man yeah that's gonna yeah he's gonna have to have like 30 sacks for them to give it to right uh let's look at uh player props for mvp number one patrick mahomes four to one number two lamar jackson seven and a half to one number three russell wilson eight and a half to one number four tom brady 12 to one and then tied for fifth dak prescott and kyler murray 14 to one you like any of those
3: yeah the two that stand out to me are russell wilson uh, at eight and a half to one, and Dak Prescott at fourteen to one. I, I, I like both of those teams a lot in the NFC. If either one, either Seattle or Dallas, goes and is wins the NFC, I wouldn't be shocked if either one of those guys won MVP. And at that, with the value, I like that there. Is there anyone on the board, you know, below that that you think would make any sense?
2: No, I really don't. I mean, somebody's gonna pop up and surprise us. There's gonna be somebody like Derrick Henry like last year, not that he was MVP, but is going to pop up and surprise us, is gonna be in the running, but as I look at it right now, no. What about you?
3: No, I, I agree. I think it's it's gonna be one of those top five guys, Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, Brady, or Prescott.
2: And real quick, one more interesting NFL prop bet, just because we love this guy. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Number one by a wide margin. Chase Young. Two to one, though. You're not getting really good odds there. Two to one, Chase Young. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Number two would be Isaiah Simmons. Five to one. Number three, Patrick Queen. Another great pick by those damn Ravens. Can't believe they got him that late. Nine to one for Patrick Queen. Kenneth Murray. 14 to 1, number 5, Jeff Okuda, 16 to 1. You like any of those? Ooh,
3: Okuda's I like interesting Patrick Queen. to me. I like yeah.
2: Patrick Queen. I'll say that at 9 to 1.
3: Yeah, you know, I I probably wouldn't touch that one cuz I do think that Chase Young uh at, at 2 to 1. Uh, the value's just not quite there. But, uh, but I, you know, as far as those bets, and, and how about, by the way, deep, we're sticking defensive. How about the fact that Nick Bosa is number two for, uh, defensive player of the year, uh, right behind Aaron Donald in the odds? So the, the incredible, uh, we're, we're seeing Buckeyes everywhere. But number two, uh, Bosa in the defense and number one in the rookie defense, Chase.
2: Next up here on On the Money is our Best Bets segment, and you will also find out where Scotty Vegas is putting his $100 at this week. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. If it's Buckeye football
1: you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. It is time for Best Bets. Hit it, Bodie.
1: It's time for Biddle and Scotty Vegas to fight to the death.
2: It's time time for for Best Best Best. Bets. I don't know if we're going to fight to the death. We we usually save that for the real games. Then we will fight to the death. But uh, this is Best Bets. We're going to start off with the division winners... For each division in the NFL, let's start off with the AFC East.
3: The Patriots plus one forty-five. You like that one, Scotty? Ah, uh, boy, this this division to me is fifty-fifty. Bills, Patriots. I, I I guess I would lean Patriots just because of history. How about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the
2: Patriots. Um, the Bills, you know, are a trendy pick, but I'm taking the Patriots. Um, and I think McDermott's a good coach, but give me coaching. Uh, I think the Bills have a more talented roster, but not that much more talented. Belichick, best coach in football history. Give me the Patriots. All right. The AFC North. The Ravens. Big time favorite. They are favored. They are minus 185 to win the division. The other choice is Steelers, plus 375. Browns, plus 450. The Bengals, I think you have it plus 2,000. I have it plus 1,600. That's according to Bovada. Who are you taking, Scotty?
3: Boy, you know, I like the Steelers a lot this year. I just don't see them winning the division over the Ravens. I, I think you got to take the Ravens. Uh, but to me, the Steelers are going to be a contender in the playoffs. But I'm taking the Ravens to win the division.
2: Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens to win the division. But to give some gambling advice, if I was betting on this, I would I think the best deal is Steelers plus three seventy five. But exactly. I'm taking the Ravens to win the division. All right, AFC South,
3: who you got, Scotty? I'm going with the Titans at two to one. I, I you know they got into the playoffs last year, made a little run. Henry's back. I love what Vrabel's doing. Give me the Titans. I don't quite trust the Colts, even with Philip Rivers.
2: I think the Titans at plus 175 is the best bet, but I have the Colts winning the division. They're plus 120, so I don't like their odds as much as the Titans. I think it's almost a toss-up, but I I will take the Colts over the Titans. It's close, though. All right, AFC West, the Chiefs are the favorite. Minus 350, shockingly. I mean, obviously, I think we're both taking the Chiefs, correct?
3: That's correct. (laughs) Not even close.
2: People are wondering, yeah, Broncos plus plus. 750. Chargers, eight to one, Raiders, 10 to one. All right, let's move on to the divisions in the AFC. Let's start or excuse me, the NFC. Let's start with the NFC East. Cowboys, minus 120. They're the favorites, followed by Eagles, plus 145, Giants 10 to one. Washington 16 to one. Who you got, Scott?
3: Uh, I'm going Cowboys. I just I, I love that offense. I think the defense is good enough. And, and to me, this is obviously a two-horse race. Cowboys Eagles. Give me the Cowboys.
2: I got the Cowboys as well. NFC North, the Vikings are the favorite, plus 175, but this is a close one. Packers nipping on their heels plus one eighty. Bears four to one. Lions four and a half to one. Who you got, Scott?
3: Don't sleep on the Lions at four and a half to one. I know that's a crazy answer. Ooh. There's always a team that goes from worst to first. It's kind of wild. Gimme the Lions. Wow.
2: Not just yep. that you think that's the best bet to make it f- at four and a half yes. to one, but you're going to have them to win the division outright. Look at you. Yeah, You might want to do the money line on that one then. Um, <laughs> alright, give me, uh, I'll take the Vikings. I'll go chalk here. All right. NFC South. This will be an interesting one. Saints and Bucks. Saints are the favorite. Minus 105 Bucks plus 145. Who you got?
3: I'm going to go Saints. Uh, I just feel like the Bucks. You know, obviously the talent is there, uh, but give me the Saints. The the continuity of the same head coach, same quarterback, all that. I like that. I'm going to take the
2: Bucks. I, I I am buying into Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and the Bucs this year. Give me the Bucks, but it's that's going to be a fun battle between those two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two of the best ever, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. All right, NFC West, 49ers plus 105,
3: Seahawks. Plus 205 Rams 6-1, to Cardinals 6-1. to Who you got, Scott? I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I like them a lot. Uh, I think they're a Super Bowl contender. Give me the Seahawks out west.
2: Ooh, I like the odds there for the Seahawks. but I like the Niners to win that division. I wouldn't bet on it because it's basically even money, but like uh, I like the Niners to win that division. All right, now let's get to our conference champions. I'll go first this time. I have, this is, <laughs> I'm really going out on a limb here. This didn't happen at all last year. Oh, yeah, it did. Chiefs and 49ers. So I have got, I have a Super Bowl repeat which I know the odds are highly against that but I have the Chiefs and the 49ers playing for it all this year. Who do you think will be in the Super Bowl, Scott?
3: I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well, but I'm going to go with Chiefs versus Cowboys. Chiefs Cowboys and, and you know, I just love them taking the big jump this year. Uh Dak contract year, give me the Cowboys. Super Bowl winner, I have the Chiefs to repeat. Who you got? I'm going Chiefs as well. and my hundred dollars this week, Dave, is gonna be on a little parlay. It's gonna be a division parlay. I would be taking the Baltimore Ravens to win their the, to win the division with the Chiefs to win the division, which are obviously two relatively big favorites. You can get one to one. If both of them happen, hundred bucks, you're gonna win a hundred bucks if those happen, and I like both to happen. So that's my hundred bucks this week.
2: I like it. How great is it that we're just two weeks away from NFL football? Really less than two weeks. We have the Thursday game. Less than two weeks away from NFL football. It's
3: fantastic. Eleven days, Dave. Unbelievable. And we got a great Bud Light contest, a pick'em contest that all of our listeners can participate in, win that Bud Light Ultimate Man Cave. This is going to be so much fun.
2: That's right. Thank you to everybody. We'll be back next week. This is On the Money, 97.1 The Fan. 25 years of conversation. 25
1: years of play-by-play. 25 years of memories. Proud to be your heritage sports talker. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. WPNSFM HD1 Columbus,
2: The Fan. This is SportsCenter. The Lennox Raptors and Celtics about to tip.